You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. I want to speak to you on a, a subject, family matters. Uh, because family is important. It is vital to understand that family is significant. It's vital to us in the human race. Family is the foundation of society. I'm a family man. I am a a son. I'm a brother. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm a grandfather. And not only in the physical, but also in the spiritual. I'm I'm a really good husband. I want to tell you a story. But what happened to us when we were in Cape Town once, I can't remember the date, but the wind was blowing and we did the August that year. It was the year that Lance Armstrong was here as well, but the wind was fierce. This morning I, I, I told you that you don't have lightning storms as we do up in the Eiffel. We don't have wind like you do. That's for sure. We, at the starting point, people were just blown off their bikes, literally. And so it was, it was tough, but we, we finished the race and it was, it was tough. And on the way back to the car, my wife fell and, and, and so I, I stopped, got off my bike, put the bike down and now I've got a big bike, obviously to carry a big frame. My bike started moving on the pavement and, and here I was caught in a terrible situation. Should I help my wife or save my bike? <laughs> Uh, the good news is I helped her and saved the bike at the end. <laughs> Family is where we belong. Family is, is, gives us our, our basic need of belonging. We belong in family. Family is where we are safe, where we are protected. Family is where we are secure. Family is where we are supported. Family is where... We have financial security. Family is good for our health and so much more benefits. And society benefits from healthy families. Again, I just want to explain this quickly. Family, when I think about family, it's like mom and dad and the children, right? But it's also pastor, pastor's wife and the members of the congregation. That's family. It's in the name. The Bay Christian Family Church. Somebody say family. Family. So when we talk about family, we're talking about small little uh, uh, physical families and also spiritual families. And, and we, have, we have two words in Afrikaans for, for family um, that differentiate. So we're going to go Afrikaans voter. As <laughs> gesin in familie. And so the chesin is the smaller part of the family, mom, dad, and the children. And the family, the, the family, is the bigger part, the omas and the opas and the aunties and the uncles and everybody together. And that is what we have in church as well. We have the little chesin and the bigger family. Are we together? You picking up what I'm putting down? <laughs> but unfortunately, many people haven't had and still are not having a very healthy upbringing in a, fam- in a healthy family environment. And, and not only that, but many of these people have embraced a lie. A lie that has been, uh, expo- they have been exposed to since a young age about themselves because of a dysfunctional family. 
particular lies like I am unworthy, I am stupid, I am incompetent, I am unloved or unlovable. Those are lies. How many of you know that those are lies? Those are not, doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what you have done in your life. That is not who you are. You know, sometimes I play golf with people. I do play golf, as I said this morning as well. It's just a place where God speaks to me, you know, when I'm walking the fairways, sometimes in the rough. (laughs) And I hear people say things like, oh, stupid. And, 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 and you speak things about yourself because it comes from a lie deep, deep within. And, and so we got to get out of that tonight in the name of Jesus. No more lies. No more lies. No, no, no more embracing the lie. People who have accepted these lies usually try to cover it up with, with perfectionism or materialism or sometimes with an addiction. To some another drug or something to relieve the pain. And, and, and so tonight I want to share two stories with you from the Bible. One from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament. And, and I believe that Holy Spirit is going to bring a breakthrough into your life. We, we're also going to take time at the end of the service just to, to pray for families, to pray for people, to pray for children, to pray for mothers, to pray for fathers, to pray for those who need prayer tonight because a breakthrough is coming. I want you to be expectant of that breakthrough that is coming. Oh, healing is flowing already. I can just feel it in the name of Jesus. I know. Our first story is about one of my favorite characters in the Old Testament is King David, the, the man after God own heart. He was was a a warrior. He was a king. He was a man of war that walked in amazing victories. He he, he had such beautiful stories about walking with the Holy Spirit. And and, you know, sometimes they had a fight or or one time they had a fight against the Philistines and they they battled and they won the battle and they got back and and the same thing happened, the same scenario. And, And instead of just doing the same thing as previously, he inquired of the Lord and the Lord said, no, don't do it this way. Do it this time. You do it that way. And so we see David as this, this awesome dude. Once he came back from the battlefield and the ladies of the city came together and they sang a song to him. And don't worry, I'm not going to sing. Just going to say it like it is, you know. Saul killed his thousands, but David, his ten thousands. And so that must have been hard for Saul to hear. But in any case, that was, that was David. But in this story, David finds himself in a different battle. Not a battle Army against army, kingdom against kingdom, but father against son. And let me tell you, this is not a good story. It's a complicated story, and it's a tragic story. You can read about it from 2 Samuel 14 and onwards. And so David had had a son by the name of Absalom. And Absalom had the most beautiful hair, locks of hair. They said... If they weighed his hair, it would weigh 2.2 kilograms. That's quite a weight to carry up on your head. <laughs> Beautiful locks of any, and he was good looking like his, like his dad. You know, so, and then he had a lovely sister named uh, Tamar. Is that how you say it? Tamar and a, and a half brother, somebody say half brother, by the name of Amnon who was in love with Tamar. 
something funny is going on here. Amen. So we have a sister, Absalom's sister, Tamar, and his half-brother, Amnon, and Amnon is in love with Tamar. Okay, things are getting rough. So Amnon got so obsessed with his half-sister, Tamar, that he decided to rape her. And when David found out about it, he was furious, but he did not do anything about it. And that broke Absalom's heart. That created a wound that grew within his heart. My father knew about this. Yes, he was furious, but he didn't do anything about it. And so this wound just developed and it did not heal. A few years went by and Absalom decided to take matters in his own hands. And he got some of his men together and ordered them to kill Amnon. And so Amnon was killed because of what he did to Tamar. And you thought your family was weird. (laughs) Absalom then went to a place called Gesher and he stayed there for three years. And after three years went by, Absalom was allowed to come back to Jerusalem where his dad David was. And so the story would have been amazing if I could tell you that Absalom came back in Jerusalem. They reconciled, they had cried tears on each other's shoulders and they had this party and everything was was just put behind them. But that is not what, what happened. Instead, what ha- happened was 2 Samuel 14 verse 24 is, And the king said, Let him return to his own house, but do not let him see my face. So Absalom returned to his own house, but he did not see the king's face. Wow, heartbreaking. heartbreaking. How sad is this story? But it might be similar to your story. You might be living in the same city, the same town, the same neighborhood without seeing one another. Without any intimacy or, or any contact and no trust at all. Maybe this is your story. Maybe you grew up in an environment where you really wanted your dad to be proud of you and he just let you down time after time. Or maybe it was your mom who, who criticized you and broke your spirit. Tonight healing comes. Tonight healing comes. Maybe you felt rejected when the divorce came and your parents went their separate ways. You felt you didn't matter to anybody and you felt alone even when you were with people. The heartbreaking part of our story is that David actually loved Absalom. And and yet, because of the wound in his heart and in the heart of Absalom, they never made up. I, I, I don't know if you've watched the movie Titanic. It's a similar story. The ship just keeps on going down. Absalom got very bitter towards his dad and he decided to overthrow the kingdom. And so what he did was subsequently declared war against David. And so David got his troops together and he said to them, guys, please, go lightly on him. Don't be too hard on Absalom. Deal gently for my sake with the young man Absalom. Do you see the love of this father? But something hindering him from making up, now they're at war. And he says, still, please, please just, just, you know, deal gently. Deal gently with him. But the men did not follow these orders. 
These 2.2 kilogram locks of hair got stuck in a bush. Well, well uh, Absalom was riding on his colt and, 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 and the donkey just left him and he was hanging in the tree. And when Joab, the commander of David's army, found him there, he took three spears and he put them through his heart. And when David heard this news, the Bible says the king was overcome with emotion. He went up to the room over the gateway and burst into tears. And as he went, he cried, oh, my son, Absalom, oh, my son, my son, Absalom. If only I had died instead of you, oh, Absalom, my son, my son. If only I had died in your place. No happy ending, no restoration, no resolution, a wound that never ever healed and a family completely torn apart. But this is not the way the story should end for you. This is not the way the story will end for you. I'm declaring that over you prophetically. This ends today. This ends right now in the name of Jesus. Are you ready for a better story? This story is about another father. It's father that is spelt with a capital F. It is our father. It is about him and the son spelt with a capital S, Jesus. He's our father. He's father God. He is God the rock, our shield, our strong tower, our fortress. And the Bible says he is a warrior. The one who fights on our fights on our behalf. The son is Jesus, the Lord and Savior, the one who came full of grace and truth and paid the price for our lives on the cross. He is the victorious one that makes us more than conquerors. And so what we're going to look at is something that happened at Jesus' baptism. Something particularly happened there. An event that almost looks like Jesus' ordination into his earthly ministry. Jesus is faithful and obedient, and he says to John the Baptist that he should baptize him so that all righteousness would be fulfilled. And as he comes up out of the water, and this is the part where I want to get to, Matthew 3, verse 16 and 17, the Bible says, when he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him, and suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Father God empowers the son Jesus with the Holy Spirit and says the most beautiful words that a father can say to his child. This is my son. Not only is he my son, I love him with my whole heart. I am so pleased with him. I am really thrilled with him. There's three things that every child needs to hear somewhere in his upbringing, in her upbringing. Maybe it's something that you always wanted to hear from your parents. It is, I believe in you. I am proud of you. And I love you. I will always love you. Now, I told you about little Simone. She's three years old. So I taught them this. Every night when we put them to bed, Mariette goes to bed in her own room. They've got their own rooms in our house. 
So Mariette uh, is, is the six-year-old. She goes to bed, and, and Oma should read a Bible story. And so the little one, she goes to bed in her room. And so this, this evening, this one evening, I was sitting with her, and I said to her, listen, and this is what I taught her dad as well, to do that. So she's ready for me. So I said, Simone, I want you to know. Opa's trots op jou. Ek glo in jou. En ek is lief vir jou. And I was, I, I was not even finished. She said, Ek en my sissie is ook trots op jou en oma. It's Afrikaans and what's, what, come on. Should I translate or you good? <laughs> I believe in you. I am proud of you. And I will always love you. It's, it's, it's a very visible, heartfelt affection and affirmation from the Father. It's incredibly important to understand that as parents, we have an irreplaceable role in the lives of our children. Both dads and moms. I'm going to like zoom in on dads a little bit because as uh, Pastor Josh has said this morning, you are a pastor, eh? No, yeah. Josh has said this morning. <laughs> You're going to be one. <laughs> There's always more, more ladies in church than men. So I need to focus in on men a little bit. But what we need to see is children need both the input from dad and mom. And, and, and they are different because, because as in Ephesians 5, um, Paul describes the, 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 the marriage between a husband and a wife as, as the husband is the head and the wife is the body. They've got different roles because there's a vital organ in the head which is called the brain and a vital organ in the body which is called the heart. And these two should be in contact with each other, but they have different roles and the body cannot exist. The being cannot exist without one of these two. And they're completely dependent on one another because the heart needs an impulse from the brain to pump blood, but the brain needs blood to send an impulse. And so let me give you an example, a practical example. When, when little Johnny or little Danny comes from the rugby field <laughs> and, he, and he lost some skin on the knee, mommy would say something like, sorry, my big boy, come, mommy will kiss it better. Where dads are like mainly... That's nothing. It just makes you stronger. Wash it off and get back out there, man. And both responses are necessary. Both responses are needed. There's an amazing power in the nurturing voice of a mother. But sometimes children also need to hear the voice of affirmation. The voice of a man. There's something different from hearing it from a trusted man... And it doesn't necessarily need to be your father. And so the single moms would be a little bit discouraged in hearing what I'm saying tonight. But that is why church is so important. That is why family is so important. It's a place where men and women of God can speak into young people's lives. And young does not always refer to the physical age. But giving them the affirmation they need and the nurturing they need to grow into the great men and women of God that God has called them to be. Amen. Are you still picking up what I'm putting down? (laughs) Uh, Like I'm from Emma Lachleni, man. (laughs) 
And so I want to say this to every man and every woman that serves in church. <laughs> you might be representing a father figure. You might be representing a mother figure. And what you say to people carries so much power. There's so much strength in what you say. And that is why your role is important. It doesn't matter what you do in church. Your role is of vital importance. There's something about having a father or a mother say you are prepared. You have what it takes. You are equipped. You can fight. You can win. And you have what it takes. Come on. Mom's nurturing is vital and dad's affirmation is vital. In my life, I was, I was really blessed with two awesome parents. When I struggled with my insecurities, like during my matric exam, it's still called matric, right? That last exam of school. <laughs> All the voices on the inside of me were saying, remember? You were too young when you started school. You are stupid. There's no way that you will pass pass maths for one. Maybe woodwork, but not maths. (laughs) Definitely not maths. And so the nurturing of my mom and the affirmation of my dad somehow gave me the internal strength to say, I can do this, I can fight, and I can win. And I pass maths on the higher grade. Come on. (laughs) Praise the Lord. And and looking back at that, it was only Jesus. It was only Jesus (laughs) giving me parents like those two. With, 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 With my parents, it was a little different at times. You know, my dad would always tell me that he loves me and that he's proud of me. And he kept on doing it. Even, even after school, when I would, would go to the army and, and, and phone, phone home, uh, we, we need, we needed to go to a, a, a tiki box. Yeah, that's exactly what I wanted to say. And I thought, there must be another name for it, a tiki box. So we're standing in queues to phone home, and my dad would always, always say, son, I love you. But you know, mom would tell me before that matric exam, you will pass this exam, because if you don't, may the angels of God protect you. (laughs) Uh, Mom is in our church and she she just loves this. But I want to talk to fathers and men in general tonight quickly. Your family needs you, man. Your family needs you to be a father. Not just your physical family. There's a family out there that needs you to be a man. In Emelachleni, I see guys trying to be men. They buy cars and they get these loans from I don't know where to buy these cars and they drop the suspension. They got low profiles on already and they drop the suspension and they drop the front seat as well. So like, woo. And they hang out the door like a... Although this car has air conditioning in, the window must be open. And so they play these, this, this music very loud. We call it Wunstach music. It sounds like this. Wunstach, 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 Wunstach. 
And so if you can look into the car, there's a beer bottle in between the legs, you know. And so when the beer bottle is finished, they like to break it in the road where we cyclists cycle. And they think, that is so cool. I am so cool. While mommy is in church, I am so Wunstag cool. Can I show you men what cool really looks like? That is what cool looks like, man. If you can get a spine and get back on your knees before your God, society will be a different place to live in. Get up from your lazy backside and be who God created you to be. Deal with the wounds. Allow Holy Spirit to work in you and through you. And forgive, 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 and ask for forgiveness. Sometimes the greatest battles we fight isn't the battles that everybody sees on the outside, but the battles of the wounds on the inside. I want to tell you the truth this evening. Some of the things that you really need to hear as children, children, part of the family, as children of God, you are empowered by the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead. You are strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. By the wounds of Jesus, all wounds were healed. Every wound that is holding you back has been healed by His wounds. You are strong enough to fight for what matters, but also you are strong enough to apologize when you get it wrong. Have the faith and the courage courage to receive an apology and to forgive others as God in Christ forgave you. Take courage to say, I love you. I care for you. I am proud of you. And and I believe in you. Don't hold it back. When you feel it, don't you not express it. Let it out. Let it come. Release every blessing inside of you to empower your wife, empower your husband, empower your children, and all other people that you are connected with. Because you are called to be a blessing. The enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But it's time for you to get up and say, no further. Not today, devil. I have the power of Christ in me. He that lives in me is greater than he that is in the world. And the victory is settled. Be prepared to fight and win. You are a winner. The other day I was, I was sitting and preparing in my study, and, and my uh, six-year-old likes to sit next to me on her chair with a tablet made like a, 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 a laptop with the keyboard. And so I open a document for her, and she types because she's got clients. And she types, and now like I'm preparing my message, and, and, and I speak aloud. I say the things, you know, just to hear it for myself. And then at this one moment, she took me on the arm here, and she hugs me. You know, she keeps me like this. She says, Opa, je gaan ween. There was something that she wanted to express. It's not a competition, but you're going to win. You're going to Amen? You are victorious. You are more than a conqueror. 
And so when the enemy rages against you, you remember that you have the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, the belt of truth. You step into those shoes that are prepared to walk into battle and you stand. And when you've done everything else, you keep standing. You never surrender, you never back down and you never give up. Because we are not giver uppers. Amen. <laughs> Maybe some of you battle that addiction. You, you need to face that thing. You are only as strong as you are honest. Surround yourself with people of faith. People that are trusted. And, and the Bible says, whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. Some of you might struggle with your marriage. Fight for it. Don't give up. Don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. Don't back down, continue to love, own your part, and don't point at the other all the time. Step in and say, this is where I've been wrong. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Come on, men. Even, even it, if it wasn't your fault, ask for forgiveness. You'll thank me later. Some might have financial challenges. I love what you said tonight. You'll never be as broke as you are right now. Never again. But fight for financial freedom. Keep on giving. Keep on tithing. Keep on doing what you are doing. Don't live from salary to salary hurting your whole life. Let Jesus align your values. So that you can be free and generous at every occasion. At every occasion. Representing the goodness of God. I read something, something beautiful that uh, Pastor Ted said. He said, if tithing was a sin, more people would have done it. That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> Devil, you can't have my family. You can't have my faith. You can't have my children, my brothers or my sisters. You can't steal my testimony because the risen Christ dwells within me. If, if anyone hasn't told you before, you have what it takes, allow me to tell you. In Christ, you can do all things. Father God believes in you enough to send his son to die for you. To impart his spirit to you and fill you. To strengthen you to do everything that he created you to do. I want to tell you tonight, you are a great dad. You are a great mom. You are a great child. You are more than a conqueror. And you have all things that pertain to life and to godliness. I want to ask you, honor your mom and dad in this house. They are godly parents. They are anointed, spiritful parents. Honor them and keep on honoring them. Let me not get into that. Honor them. I want you to hear Father God saying tonight, I am proud of you. I care about you. I believe in you. And I will always love you. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord.